Welcome to Denny Territories the World, my way. If you're a foodie, this is the show for you. What's up, Denny Tornator Eats the World listeners from all around the world? Next time you come to Orlando, you're going to have to stop and see what this show is all about. Tornator's Restaurant Italian Market at 3818 Edgewater Drive, Orlando. We have one of the top chefs in Orlando. We are made from scratch food, some of the best around. Give us a call, 407-292-2248 to make your reservations. And if you're interested in advertising on this show, give Denny a call at 407-937-8583. We'll get you on here. Here we go, foodies. I have an amazing show for you today. I've got a great guest. This is episode 26, and we are going to take you on a journey. You know, I've had some really culinary gangsters, I call them, on this show. But if I've had culinary gangsters on the show... Who I have today is an OG, original culinary gangster, because this guy, we're going to go from top restaurants in Florida, top restaurants in the world. We're going to go to cooking for celebrities and being a teacher to some of the top chefs out there. So, Jason Shenefield, my brother, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And I do love listening to you. And, and uh, hey, surprise, surprise, I get to be on here. That's great. Man, thank you. My honor, brother. Um. Where are you right now? Uh, just got back from Montreal. I'm in uh, the beautiful Hudson Valley of New York. I love that there. This time of year, too. Forget about it. It's got to be beautiful, huh? Uh, the, the colors are popping. I mean, October fall is my favorite color. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> there's no way we're going to be able to. Your career has been incredible, and I've been following it, and we're going to get into social media stuff later because people, his social media is incredible. If you're, if you're a foodie, you've got to follow this guy and, and learn from him just like I have. So it's going to be hard for us to cover everything, brother. So we're going to try to start at the beginning and we're just going to kind of try to go through your career and what you've done because it's super impressive. But if we get off track, then let's just try to get back on. <laughs> so let's start. Where did well, it start, bro? Well, I'm so I'm I'm so blessed. I'm very blessed to to have worked with some of the best chefs and some of the best up and coming chefs, uh, really in the world. And I'm just you know I'm able to do what I personally love from the very beginning. And you know throughout the, throughout that journey, I've met you, dined at restaurants, fully enjoyed them, and uh, you know, we've been friends since then. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you doing this, man. Because as we get deeper into your story. The, the people from around the world that don't know you, they're going to learn that, man, a lot of great chefs learned from you. And uh, you passed, you're also a great teacher and you got a hell of a reputation. So we're going to start back, way back, before you became the man you are today. So where did your love for this start? Like, was it a family thing or did you get started into business early? Like, how did you get this love for this passion that you have? You use it. Really early on looking for, you know, family and friends, that self-gratification that I got. Uh, being in the kitchen, my mom, my grandma, you know, just family just really hung out in the kitchen, hung out in cookouts, hung out at just so many different things that involve cooking and really hospitality. I fell in love with it in, in early in my career, in my, really in my life. And, you know, I'm from Florida. I'm a one really hard, hard stretch to, you know, people do meet aren't from Florida. But I'm a Floridian, born and raised. Yeah, and you know, you know because you're from here. For all the listeners around the world, especially in Orlando, when you are in Orlando, it's very rare. It's almost more rare to meet 
it's it's more common to meet somebody from wherever the hell than it is to meet somebody from Florida because every day people are moving to Florida. So you being born here, I mean, you've seen this. This is up one of the fastest growing places in the world. It's been since I've been here. It's amazing. So you've probably seen it go from Orange Grove to city. I really have, and it's just as you as you see, everything's just growing up, and and I'm pretty proud of that as well. There's so so many unique dining experiences and chefs who have came to Florida to make you know kind of that melting pot of food. Uh, that's that's great. You're absolutely right, man. You hit the nail on the head there. So for the longest time, Orlando especially was considered chain land. It was the Applebee's and the Chili's and all the other crap because people were coming down here as tourists and they, you know, they might not have that in their neighborhood or whatever. And that's what we were known for. And it sucked, but man, now we've got Michelin here. Now we've got, I mean, you, you, you kind of paved the way we have these amazing chefs now and these killer culinary scene. And I'm super proud of Orlando uh, specifically. I mean, Miami's already been a step ahead of us as far as what they were doing there, but the rest of Florida has really caught up, man. Orlando, Tampa, some killer dining experiences. It really is, and you know, I'm I'm originally from South Tampa, and so really Tampa with the Cuban influences, the Italian influences, the German influences. You know, we hold the the Cuban sandwich was created in Tampa kind of situation, and. Uh, you know, I'll kind of get to my story, but you know, really, my stomping grounds: Tampa, Miami, Orlando, those key places in, in Florida. I'm proud to be a part of that. So you were doing high school there, and did you get into any culinary stuff during then, or, or was it an, was it a college thing? Yeah, I had a unique situation with my my high school. Uh, just like probably anyone who who was interested in culinary, we had home ec. You know, back in the day, we had shop, we had woodworking, we had home ec, and the home ec that people grew to know is, you know, the sewing, the minimal cooking, really the home ec skills. Uh, but my high school was a unique situation that we had a program that was really a restaurant strictly for uh, the athletics, academics, and the, the faculty. So teachers, athletes, coaches kind of came through, you know, our little restaurant that we, we kind of created and helped, helped start. Uh, and I had that well kind of experienced 15, 15, 16 years old. What a great and program. It was. There's things that are similar, like pro, pro start and different things for high school. But, um, you know, that was a unique situation. And, you know, I found early on that food was you know, just something that people fell in love with. I remember being in, in geometry class and my teacher looked at me and said, you know, Jason, and I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're gonna have my favorite brownie set tomorrow, <laughs> and the, you know, so the people kind of egged on. Ooh, I'm like, I learned at age 15. You know what? It's not about. It's about personal pleasure for people who who really love food, and that's kind of where it all started for me. So it grabbed you right then in high school. It really did. So coming out of high school, you went to a star-studded. Um, Next step, I mean, Norman Van Aken and the Mango Gang. And so people around the world don't know what that is, but if Floridians do. You want to explain the Mango Gang and how you got involved with that? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, one of the things that there wasn't really any culinary schools in Florida. You know, of course, there was Florida State or UF that had business schools, but there's really nothing focused on culinary. And so uh, Johnson Wales, that was formerly in Providence, uh, opened a school in Miami and North Miami. And I was, you know, kind of slotted in and I, I did a lot of recipe development to get into the school. You had to create, create a lot of recipes, menus, and I was able to get into this culinary school. And so I was one of the, one of the graduating classes or first classes 
of my associate's program was strictly, you know, again, associate's of science and culinary arts. And one of the things that I've learned early on is that cooking and the education go hand in hand. So the experience education is important. So I was, you know, in college, I went down to Miami and there was, I needed to get a job. What better not, uh, better job is to be in the restaurant business and be educated at the same time. So I was able to cut my teeth on being educated in a culinary school and then go right to work. And that's one of the importance that really honed who I am. And really, I, I push on to other people as well. People, you, you see the Food Network and those kind of things that I was in 1993. I was in Miami where then the Food Network came out. So a lot of chefs, Miami was a hotspot. So a lot of things I was able to do in the Food Network and work with some celebrity chefs, Emerald and Bobby Flay and Alton Brown, who I look up to, came down to Miami to work with some of the chefs. And Floridian cuisine was a new kind of cuisine that was kind of created. It was Florida cuisine, which really didn't have a cuisine, and was Caribbean influenced from the islands, since we're so close to the islands. And as you said, the Mango Gang, uh, there was a, 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 you know, a group of chefs who really kind of honed in to those kind of skills. We have Robin Haas, uh, Chef Alan Susser, uh, Douglas Argaritas, Martin Militello, Cindy Hudson, and then we have Norman Van Aken, who has the restaurant in Orlando. He has a lot of things going on in, in Miami and Key West. So I was able to kind of work with them directly and work on flavors. And those type of flavors are things I grew up on. And just near and dear to my heart with all of the, the balance of flavors that you would work with when you're, you're a chef. You know, it's funny because that, that mango gang, they kind of molded Florida's our food. You know, this is, this is what Florida's food is now, you know, because there's, what's great about this place is, Everybody moves here from everywhere. So we got this real big blend of all different cultures. And, you know, you can get your authentic restaurants of people's cultures. But also they made that Florid – how do you say it? Floribian. Floribian cuisine. That Floribian cuisine. And, if, and, and it, you get it a lot down here. And if it's done right, it's fantastic. Yeah, and then those that really aren't familiar with what that might be. So we're looking at indigenous ingredients that um, are primarily from that area. So instead of us, like, cooking spinach or cooking kawaloo, which is kind of a – a really hearty spinach that's from the islands. We're going to work with fresh fish, fresh seafood, but we're going to do kind of that ceviche, that moho, diaho kind of flavors mm-hmm. that, that really that Caribbean, instead of using like say mashed potatoes, we might utilize some uh, breadfruit as a starch or plantains as a starch, just to give it that, that flavor components that we're utilizing in seasonality, regionality. And that's kind of what kind of helps put things together. People aren't really heard of uh, yuca or malanga or those kind of, root vegetables that we see, you know, all over the markets now. And they're so good. So that, so that's in like, you got super lucky, but you were also, you were earned your spot there. I mean, to work under those guys and that's how you start. It's incredible. So you graduate from there and Norman kind of took you under his wing up to the Disney world or. No. So what, one thing I, I, did my associate's um, externship. We had externships. Uh, I went, had to, could have done Fountain Blue. I could have done regional restaurants down in Miami or went anywhere in the really United States. I wanted to go up to Breakers in West Palm Beach. And Breakers was this like historic hotel, Henry Flagler kind of era. Uh, and I was able to really dominate what I wanted from my externship. A lot of people got stuck in a hole somewhere. I, I wanted to go from the bakery to the butcher shop. I wanted to go to the country club. I want to go be a, be a front of the house, learn in front of the house from that piece. And 
what Johnson Wells did, we created, um, they actually was able to put together a bachelor's program. Um, and I was able to have some instructors that came down from Providence. So here I am in Florida with Florida cuisine. And then some instructors from New England are coming to give us their type of flavors and cuisine. So nice. one of the things that, one of the things that brought me to the Orlando area was I did, went to still working and I worked in some five-star French restaurants down in Miami, worked with some really amazing people, went to France, worked with Elaine Dugas, kind of over in France for like a month or so on my, between the summer break, if you will. That's so and cool. my externship went in Disney World. Walt Disney World was where I decided to do my externship. And so not just Walt Disney World, Victorian Alberts at the Grand Floridian, which is kind of the crown jewel restaurant. So I'm sure it is some of your listeners. Yes, this is the restaurant. So if you're a listener from around the world and you're planning your, we, we get a lot of listeners, chef from uh, Germany and Spain because they look for Disney world. What's going to happen when they go there and they find this show and they end up coming to my restaurant and they, Oh, we love the show. And we had to try the restaurant. But if you guys are listening from around the world and you're big time foodies and you want the ultimate Orlando top notch experience, I would say Victorian Alberts is number one. And, and what, what that really involved was, uh, those of your listeners might know a little bit about the Epcot Food Wine Festival. And one of the things that Victor and Albert had going on was we had multiple courses. We had, uh, you know, wine pairings. And that really interests me in becoming a sommelier. And I'm, I'm advanced level sommelier. And that kind of took throughout Disney and even throughout my career where I wanted to better myself and, and all sorts of things. But Victor and Albert has a chef's table that you're in the kitchen. And I, there's, you know, back in the late nineties, there was a few restaurants that had chef's tables, but we had, uh, people from all the world that really wanted to come eat in our restaurant. And then they dined right in the kitchen, really. And we kind of set it up with gold plated this and frames nice. of this and, uh, sconces and, and you, you name it. And it was right there in the kitchen, right there so in the kitchen. And that's probably the premier table in Orlando. You know what I mean? Like, if you got the best table in Orlando, the chef's table at Victoria and Alberts, forget it. How do you even get that table? Let's say that's, that's got to be booked for the next five years, probably. It really is. I know during COVID, they still still taking reservations for when they open back up, so <laughs> it's hard to get. But even having the opportunity to cook for uh, Colin Powell, uh, Senior George Bush, uh, Barbara Bush, wow. uh, you know, Saudis, princes and Saudis from from all over the all over the world. My one of the coolest things I cooked for is Burt Reynolds, <laughs> and you know Mr. Smoking the Dan himself is right there. Had that look, uh, and it's just <laughs> you're you know you're really cooking and kind of explaining what you're doing. And here I am, twenty one, twenty two, uh, and just not necessarily starstruck, but just I wanted to explain what I was doing uh, as I was cooking different things for the courses, and I'd bring all the food over and talk to them and. And as they were enjoying their food, you know, give me, you know, here, here's someone you look up to as a, like a celebrity going, call up yeah. that the thumb, thumbs up when they're eating their own food. And it's, it's kind of a cool thing. And I, I've been uh, just associated with, you know, cooking for high end people from early on in my career. So when you were that young doing, so, all right, so you're 21, you're cooking for Burt Reynolds. It's funny because backing it up, you were like, oh, I cooked for the president, George Bush, but Burt Reynolds. <laughs> but, but at that age, at that young age, cooking, at a high end place like this in front of them, this is, you're not hiding. You, you can't hide. You're in the kitchen. Like a lot of people are in the kitchen and they're warriors, but a lot of chefs are afraid to talk and you know, you're very personable. So were you nervous? I mean, or was this natural for you? 
it was kind of a natural thing. I, I just want to put out the best food I can for them people to enjoy. And I've always been just so proud of my food and my experiences and things that I put the love into my food. Um, and that comes across just while you're eating it. And, you know, one of the cool things is being in a restaurant with a lot of elite chefs. We had some really good talent in there. Some people who were still, you know, people who started in Victorian Alberts and now have their own restaurants and moved on to different places in the country. You know, so having that camaraderie and also that challenge to we're going to compete a little bit, it's, it's important. We're going to try to hold that piece. You know, I don't want to get too far off track because you've done so much, but you, you did it again. You blazed right over something that was so important. Like you're an advanced level sommelier. Okay. And you did it. See, I'm a Psalm too, but I, you did it the route that I consider the hard route, which is the best route, which is through the court of master sommeliers. A lot of people are like, you know, yeah. they get in group settings and they do a WTOC or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you know, we're level two, level three. But you took it with 40 other people. You know what I mean? Like the court of master sommeliers is a rigorous, hard, like you, they're not passing you unless you know what the hell you're talking about and what you're doing. So I know what you went through. I'm getting ready for level two and it's just brutal. <laughs> the studying and the, and the I'm doing a lot of tastings. So how, how was that for you? Go into, go into your, your journey of being a coming to song, because I know it's very helpful in this business. I got it for the same reason. I can pair food now. I can do my own wine dinners. But uh, how, how was it? Well, just like anything, I, I want to be, I'm the one creating the flavors. I'm the one creating the balance of the foods and putting together the, the actual entree or, or apps or whatnot. I want to make sure that I know what wine is going to go with my food, not someone who, who, else is, who else is that. So I want to take sole responsibility of my wine pairing, my wine knowledge, and to just be educated on that on that point. And Disney was kind of a cool thing where um, a lot of the quarter mouth of small years, you might go you might go to New Orleans, you might go to these hot spots. Well a lot of people came came to Disney from Miami, from New York, came down when they're holding these uh, these classes. And I had, you know, going through the realms, I had some really good mentors that I would, I would recommend, you know, tasting wine all, as much as you can, talking about wine with the people that we were tasting with. And we have Brian Cozio. I have uh, 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 George, wine bar George uh, and John Blazon. There's some really core, uh, really master small. Those in the are, area. I was going to say, those are masters that would be a great source of learning. Yeah. And I looked, I really appreciate the time that they put in, in with, with what it is. And so, as anything else, while while you're tasting, you're learning, you're betting yourself, and then so even the, the the advanced level was something that I wanted to strive to do, and it, it's a great achievement. I mean, oh even God. even wearing wearing the pin, being able to talk talk to people as as you travel and and taste wine, and you know, kind of sit back and listen to their spiel of, of the wine, and you, you also just as a chef, you go to dinner you're learning from people who are, are serving you or who you're working with. Absolutely. And it's just, it's such an invaluable tool. If you're going to be in this business, you know, I just did the uh, last weekend, my big, I did a six course wine dinner where I uh, collaborated with Francesco. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. And uh, we have two different styles of Italian and his customers and my customers got together. We did the six courses. Um, I paired everything perfectly and it just gives you, it's a great feeling when you can go up in front of the room of a hundred people and know what you're talking about and say, Hey, try this, eat this, drink that. It's going to be great. And it is. 
because I hate when I go to a restaurant and you can just tell they're bullshitting. It's like, oh, this is yeah, what, this was what was on special, and you're trying to move it. Yeah, or it's a wine program that they're just kind of get rid of. Yeah, and so it's always good to see that. Always good to see that. But yeah, man, when are you coming back to Florida? Hopefully soon. I know you're going to be doing another dinner soon. I am, uh, with my man. boy, Mr. AJ Haynes. So hopefully we have a dinner and I'll be able to come up there for that. I love that guy. We haven't set the date yet, and I'm actually going to be calling him. Now that I got the Francesco thing behind me, I'm going to, I got a few charcuterie classes I'm doing in October. But other than that, I'm going to plan this dinner with AJ because, God, that guy is super talented. And he's, he's one of the perfect example. This is one of the most talented chefs in Orlando, and he went to school under you. We'll get it. You know what? Getting, see what I'm doing? I'm going way off track. You're a big. That's backing up the Victorian Alberts. Where did you go after Victorian Alberts? Did you do any other Disney places, or did you go from there? Yeah. So one of the cool things about Disney, you're still employed by you know the mouse, as you want to call it, and you have a lot of a group of mentors, and I have uh, still mentors to this day who are still at Disney. And one of the things that we got fine dining, you know, one of the finest fine dining under my belt, and I was successful at being a, a sous chef there. I worked with Scott Hunnell, who was, you know, really the main guy there. And he was put, put Disney on the map for Victorian Alberts. Uh, what they, my mentors told me is that, well, you now, you know, really need to work fine dining, but you need some qual like quantity working under your belt. So um, one of the things they wanted me to do is go to the Corey restaurant. And that's at the Living Seas Pavilion. That's the one with the, and Epcot has a big aquarium. Right. And uh, that we were doing 500 covers for lunch, seven, 800 covers for dinner but still keeping it fine dining quality, maybe not multiple courses. And that was, it's a water driven restaurant. So the menu I helped create was, you know, really driven toward uh, the view. I mean, you're looking at a really one of the biggest saltware aquariums. You can take that Epcot ball, put it in to this aquarium with space around it still. And uh, so it's a big aquarium. And I'm, I'm having to compete with that, having to compete with that view. And that was something near and dear to my heart was, I love the ocean being from Florida. I was able to scuba dive in that place like twice <laughs> a week <laughs> for like a good two and a half years. And it's such a great thing. And once that happened, uh, we helped create the food and wine festival. And as I mentioned earlier, that some, some of you guys have heard about that. That was like a two week thing that was going on in Disney back in uh, early 2000s. And what I helped do is we had a lot of the, the great chefs that I had worked with in the past come to Disney to, you know, from all over the country all over the world to put together this unique food and wine festival that you're, you're tasting flavors, tasting wines from all over the world. And that started out, out really two weeks. And now it's almost three months. Yeah. I was going to say, man, it's now started it. What you guys started that food and wine festival, Epcot's food and wine festival is one of the biggest events of the year in this state. It is incredible. If you're a foodie, you have to go. I mean, the, just the different things you're going to be introduced to every year. It's not the same thing every year. It's always different. And it's always these great chefs and it gets better and better, man. So thank you for getting that thing rolling because I look forward to that every year. It's incredible. Yeah. It was really cool that we did pallet and census centers where you would have a multitude of chefs from each restaurant and they would just be involved with, you know, just that was as, as chefs, as you know, you're to do these special events that you just did. Those are fun things for us. This changes the, the our daily routine, and now we're putting our all our creativity into this dinner, these special things. You want to wow people. You want to be creative because you're not you're working off menu, and those are the fun things for us to do. That's awesome. So, any other restaurant stops before you got into teaching, or or was it was it was it Disney? 
Yeah, so uh, then uh, the Le Cellier, which is the Canadian Pavilion, that was, if you've been there, you've had the beer and cheese You've had it. People yep. come all over the world to taste that. And, you know, some cast members that I had worked with, you know, being part of that, that culture, we took, that used to be like a buffet. And that's kind of one of the hardest restaurants to get into at Epcot. It is now, it's under like this, you're in this like this mansion and you're in the basement, kind of a cellar in, in a, like Quebec cuisine kind of thing. And, and I was, you know, be happy to be a part of that. And again, working with the food and wine festivals. And it got to a point where I had already done almost six years at Disney and I was moving up very quickly. I was working my ass off just to, to kind of get ahead, just to, to make a name for myself. And my mentors were like, listen, Jason, we got no more spots for you. We, you can't, you've only moved up so much. There's nothing else available. No one, no one really leaves Disney. No one really, unless they die, uh, you know, God forbid. Uh, no one's leaving Disney at the time. They weren't making any more spaces available. So they said, listen, you can leave Disney, always come back. And to be successful as a chef, I, I look at, took it upon myself that you know, Disney has your own labor costs, your own food costs. You have people are always coming in without advertising. They're coming into your restaurant. And so to make it outside Disney and be successful, that was kind of one of the things that I wanted to get under my belt, to, as my mentors told me. So I had worked with, before I even went to teaching, there was a place in Lakeland called the Terrace Hotel, 1920 hotel oh, yeah. that was built historically. And between Lakeland, Lakeland between Tampa and Orlando. Yep. And that was, I was very successful and worked there about a year and a half as a chef, food and beverage director, small yay, creating a wine program. And there was then an opportunity that happened in Plant City, which is kind of closer to Tampa, closer to my hometown, if you want to call it over in Tampa, that you've heard about the Strawberry Festival. Strawberry Festival is a big thing in Florida. Uh, we have a festival, just strawberries, and we celebrate their growing strawberries oh, in massive. that area. And kind of like what things are now in outside fairs and, and say festivals, we had, uh, you know, acts from all over the country and, and R&B and acts. I think Ludacris displayed there last, last, uh, last uh, you know, um, so many different entertainers. And I was able to, my hotel that I was at, uh, I was able to feed these entertainers. They came to stay at a hotel. They brought their buses. And I was able to really hone my celebrity influences and just cook for all the entertainment of what was at the Charlie Festival. And, one of the things that took place was Le Cordon Bleu had just opened up in Orlando and I had a lot of chefs who I worked with in Johnson Wells in Miami, uh, some mentors who kind of went into teaching. And, you know, as, as you have externs and I'm sure you worked with externs with CIA or Johnson Wells oh, or even yeah. Le Cordon Bleu. I've got some brand new ones coming tomorrow to meet me from uh, Valencia Cooking School that are going to try to, you know, they want to experience. Well, one of the things is the chef that really empowers anyone young and old you know just take the time to, to teach them show them the right way not necessarily coddle them but just show them some empathy on what they've been show them the right way and i was really good at the teaching aspect and so a lot of externs you know wrote the report back and and uh, my friends got a hold of it and like hey you know what? you should really check in teaching it's something that you're good at already doing and so i still ran hotel restaurants and i did teaching in the morning i just fell in love with it i fell in love with just you know, as all I've done throughout my career, but giving back to to young culinarians, you know, it's not about the awards I've won or the articles I've gotten written right. up in. It's about the next best thing that now they're being successful at things I've able to do for them. 
and Which, you're that, that's just yeah, so man, cool. bro. And you're like known for in this area, you are known for teaching some of the best chefs that are leading the culinary scene now here. So I mean, your resume speaks for itself. You're a certified hospitality educator. You're the advanced level sommelier, chef instructor. So what, did when you first started teaching, was it at Le Cordon Bleu? It was. I had um, you know my tenure there was about ten years, and through all of that. Um, I really have worked with some amazing chefs. I mean, having to be able to walk down the hall to ask, you know, someone who just, you know, worked, was in France for where they grew up at and asking them about this French technique or this thing that you haven't heard of. It's been way back when it's really have a good commonality with some chefs and be able to bang, ask some questions for that and to learn because you're always learning and to really have created, I was a no nonsense instructor. Uh, if you don't want to learn, I don't want to teach you. Well, that was uh, your reputation as well. Like everybody I talked to, because I know all the people in the scene now, and, and everybody I talked to that uh, talks about you says the same thing. Man, that guy was tough, but I love him. Like, <laughs> like that's what they all said. Man, that guy will throw you out of class, or he'll bust your balls, but I I, I learned so much. I love that guy. A.J. Haynes, for yeah, one. A.J. Haynes looks up to you, like, because you taught him so much. And he told me, I, I said, what, what did you, because I was doing a little research on you. I, so I was talking to AJ and he said, <laughs> I said, what, what did you love about his cooking style? Cause everybody says they loved. It. He said, he let me be myself when I needed to be myself. And then when I needed to be reeled in, he reeled me in. He goes, he taught me a ton of, you know, obvious like techniques and stuff, but he goes, he also taught me to kind of be like him and, and fly when I need to fly, you know? And I was like, that's a great compliment. It really is. And when I say no nonsense, I just, I did detailed demos. I let everyone taste. If, even if it was someone didn't get a taste, I'd, I'd make extra just so everyone has an idea and show them the techniques, go to the recipes in detail, make sure they're taking notes. You know, one of the things that I wouldn't let people in the classroom because their homework was just write, rec write the recipes you have, write them out. So as you know, when you write them out, you run through them, you're kind of put together. And then when I review them, it makes sense to kind of put together. You know, people wouldn't write recipes. That was their only homework was to write the recipes out, not to pull a card, not to take a photocopy of the book. Right. And that was, and I, you know, would let them come to my class, but your opportunity was just go out, go out in the hallway or go to the library, write the recipe, and you come back to my class. And throughout that, I was, as a chef, you do teach and you, you really learn more about the techniques and, and you know when someone's going to mess up. And I, I think the, the, People who aren't organized or don't really know that, that, that burner, that knob, there's off and there's on full blast and there's a medium in between there. And I think a lot of people that fail <laughs> at the beginning, they're cooking high blast. They're burning stuff. And I would be like, listen, turn that down medium, turn it down medium and it's going to burn. And guess what? We now have smoke. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking at the, I'm sitting here right now looking at the list of some of the people that you've trained and they're literally running the restaurants. So Jason Wolf, I've had him on the show. He was my ex. He worked at my restaurant for a few years. Super talented. Uh, Ryan McLaughlin, same thing, was at my restaurant for a while. And both of those guys came from under you. Michelle Holber, I love her. She's one of the best pastry chefs I know. Mm -hmm. um, Bruno Finesca, I mean, this guy's running The Foreigner now and it's incredible. I can't wait to get there. I've been seeing pictures. Uh, who else, man? Patrick Trey Montana. I make these. These are the oh, Wendy Lopez. I love her. She's got. I'm trying to get her on the damn show for the last two years now. Wendy, when you hear this, come on. She runs uh, Reyes, <laughs> and it's amazing. So all these people you train. Did you know? It was, say say you're in class because they're all green when they when you met them. 
did you know, like, these? I got this group of stars here? Or or was it like, oh, this one really stands out, this one might make it? I mean, could you could you see the diamonds in the rough and stuff? You know, one of the things that I saw, even, even I, I'm sure you said, Denny, is that when you see people who are passionate, they're going to be, you know, really just eager to learn, fighting the chomps. They're going to want and want and want and be able to hone their craft and then do better and then put things that you're learning, you're, you're established of, you know, French calling school and you're able to put different tweaks and your own creativity into their, your cooking. And I was able to see people, but also some people surprised me. You know, I would have, I would, you know, my, my main class that I taught, and I taught all the classes and wrote curriculums and, you know, for some of the schools and I go to Ottawa and do a lot of training. And, you know, I've, I'm really focused on, you know, center of the plate, meat fabrication, where we break down animals. And I've, I've had vegans come in, people who've never had meat. And, you know, one of the things was that you need to taste the food. You can spit it out, don't eat it. But I had some vegans who just blew me away. Like they're cooking meat and just their flavors, they work together. And I was, you know, I would let people and bring them in and like, listen, I, I, I'm all about praise and give it where it needs to be. And that's important. Dude. So you said a very important thing. Like it, it, you can see that they were hungry, that they had the drive. Like my suggestion for any young people out there that are listening to this and you're wondering, should I get in this business? If you don't love it and you don't have ambition and drive and, and really enjoy food and making people happy with your food, don't even get into business because that's something that cannot be taught. Like either you have that or you don't. Jason can teach you to make a beautiful dish, but if you don't love doing it, I'm telling you, this might not be the business for you. Well, you know, a lot of people who I've cooked for, or even I look at uh, someone who I really entrust with, you know, if you don't put love into your food, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it comes across in the food you're tasting. You kind of taste it, look at someone cooking, and if they don't enjoy it, you can taste it. Exactly. Exactly. What a great way to put that. So this is the honesty show. <laughs> and I always try to throw some curveballs <laughs> in there. And I'm not, this is not to hurt anyone's feelings. Who's your, who's your, who, what student made you the most proud? You've had Say a lot again? of great, you, what, you've had a lot of great students. Which one has made you the most proud? Man, I can't career? pick out one. <laughs> I don't have a favorite give child. Me a list of, give me a list no. of three. Give me a list of three. <laughs> that way nobody's like, he said said me. And I know you're probably, so, I just, okay. I just gave you 15 names that are all incredible, but give me three that really went above and beyond that. You said, Holy shit. I am really proud of this guy or, or girl. So you miss an AJ. AJ is amazing. Uh, I, I can, him and I talk all the time. I do a consulting as well. So having the bounce things, ideas and, and other chefs that have helped through, you know, different restaurants. Um, he has, you know, had a great story. You know, and I'll talk just about him. And I've, I've did some posts about his restaurant where he, you know, he's from he's from Wisconsin. And you know, one time you know, he came to my class, and, and I'm from I'm from the South. I'm, I'm proud of my Southern cuisine that I've lived and, and died for. But you know, I remember him having a post about collard greens on on New Year's Day and this tradition that Southerns have. And I made a I made a comment like, "What do you know about Southern cuisine?" And boy, he has shown me because I'm so proud of him. He uh, his, his restaurant is based on, you know, Southern type cuisine. And it's you know, so I, good too. It's like a I've Southern been, fusion. I've been, pro. I've been pro by saying that one comment. That was way back in like 2010. I, I made that comment to him. And, I love uh, that guy. Of course, of course, Jason has done some cool things. Uh, Jason Wolf, uh, Wendy Lopez. Uh, there's uh, Chef Yao and Chef Brady. That's at uh, Kabuki Sushi, uh, the Orlando location and uh, with Henry. And, you know, just 
I'm so proud of some some cool people. Uh, there's Ryan Rettino. He's a Michelin three-star. He's one of the chefs that he went to Orlando. Uh, he worked at Blue Zoo with Todd English. And he's now Bresca in D.C. And, and he's gotten uh, three-star Michelin the second year in a row now, going on three. Wow. So really, really cool to have him. And, and uh, Tatiana Perro, um, she's an Beat Bobby Clay champion, Chop she champion. She won Chop, yeah, I remember her. Right, and she has a restaurant. She has a room thing going on up in Boston. So pretty proud of her as well. Nice man, yeah. I mean, the list, and he he left out fifty to hundreds of you guys. So don't be butthurt. He's proud of y'all. <laughs> I did, I did. I mean, one there's of the so many. Touch on, yeah, and uh, one thing you you mentioned, uh, I had to got a chance to do NASCAR, and then we remember that. That's what I was just about to bring up, man. You're like a my reader. So, <laughs> so you cooked for the Hendrix team, right? You were their personal chef. Yeah, Hendrick. Andrew Motorsports. I wouldn't say their personal chef, but I I cooked on their tracks. I was able to cook. I mean, you cooked for the drivers, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy right. Johnson, those guys, and they were right. dominating then. So, how did you get involved in that? One of the things is that food brings us all together. I had a chance to um, work with Three M Group. That's the Three M Meat Group in Bristol, Tennessee. There's Bristol track. It's one of the shortest tracks, yeah. and the Three M Three M Group. We were having, I got catered to really work with them and, and you know, put their, their executives and we're having, and inside the track, we're having lobster tail that had just got flown in from Maine. We're having filet mignon that I just got, I just butchered from the day from a, uh, from a, a steer that we had gotten. And, you know, this is inside the NASCAR, which people don't realize there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, cooth and, and really nice good stuff in NASCAR, but the... Hendrick Motorsports had a team manager called um, Mr. Brian Weitzel. And his wife, Mary, had she enjoyed cooking. So she came over and kind of was pondering, on, what you doing, chef? And I'm an approachable person. I'm a big guy. And he's kind of, she has that southern little twang. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we're going to cook some lobster and some filet mignon. She's like, huh. Well, Jeff Gordon's over there eating some uh, hamburgers that I cooked. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> here, bring him, bring him a little bit of filet mignon and some, uh, <laughs> some lobster tail. And it's kind of just that, that, just that commonality with food. And as you know, with making relationships, it kind of worked. And I was able to bring my expertise to the racetrack. And luckily enough, I got cooked for the team, cooked for uh, Jeff Gordon at the time. And they won. They won when I had cooked for the team. And so I became this lucky. You're the good luck charm foot, now. A lucky charm. And, you know, <laughs> not, not that my expertise and creativity didn't, didn't and, you know, didn't have it uh but it was kind of cool for like for three years i was going to go with a different different track that fly me different tracks and you know again how i got into private service private chef looking for elite people you know you really need to act accordingly you need to be able to focus and cater to your you know your 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 audience and that's kind of what led me to that so i did it for like three years and i got written up and you know, the, I, I did, uh, I think I did uh, a venison burger for one time. And a lot of the guys did a lot of hunting today. Oh, I think venison and I made burgers and a lot of, a lot of write-ups. Uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff Gordon's famous burgers, cooked by Chef Jason, you know, all that kind of stuff. That you That's know, cool. But it was, it's, it's, it's been I mean, a fun and you ride. Were with them. Fun. Yeah, dude, you were with them as they were like the Hendrix Motorsport team was, was the team back then. I mean, they were, if Gordon wasn't winning, Jimmy Johnson was winning. That was awesome. Absolutely. So let's take a quick, know, again, um, everyone. we're going to do a quick sponsor yeah. break and then we're going to get right back to this. 
If you're a restaurant owner in Florida, you need to listen to this. Tartufo Prestige is an amazing company that you need to be dealing with. Any Michelin star restaurants in Florida already use these guys. They're an Italian-based company, but they offer luxury truffles and mushrooms from around the world. Tornatores uses these guys and could not be happier. Come to Tornatores, check out that mushroom parpadel that everyone buys, or the truffle pasta. These dishes would not be possible without my friend Kevin over at Tartufo Prestige. If you want the best truffles, the best mushrooms, and the best service, give my man a call at 321-442-3040. Tell him Denny Tornator eats the world my way sent you. So you know Kevin from Tartuto for a stage. I'm sure you used them back when you worked here and stuff. Great, great company. Um, so you went from NASCAR, and now you, what are you doing now? You're doing a lot of high-end. Uh, the last few years, you've been doing a lot of like personal chefing, huh? Yeah, one of the things being at Le Cordon Bleu and being throughout, um, you know, Orlando being really centered by the NBA, centered by the PGA and Owlsworth Country Club and those kind of things. So getting in the homes and Owlsworth, getting in for Tiger Woods, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, working with them directly and all that as, as the NBA comes through, I was able to get in their homes. I had this reputation of someone who knew really knew how to approach culinary and hospitality into, you know, these well-known uh, celebrities, if you call it that. And the importance of being there and the education that I did at Le Cordon Bleu uh, just kind of put me into being a private chef. Being a private chef. And I, I fell in love with it. It's, it's, you know, you're cooking for you know, a family that you're learning their their diet, you're learning the things they like. You're, you're like cooking for someone who doesn't have a bad, you don't cook a bad meal for. And that's, right. you know, we strive for chefs to do that. We don't want to disappoint anyone. And, you know, even in your restaurant, you're cooking for different palates. And, you know, for my culinary journey, I, I have been blessed to really cook all over the world. So cool. So you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to cook in a slammed restaurant where you're serving 400 people that night? Or do you prefer to cook one killer meal for one family in a little house party, 10 people or whatever? Well, you know, having that dinner rush in a restaurant is unforgettable. And, you know, as, as one way or another, you do miss it. Uh, but being in a enclosed environment, even if it's for 10 or 15 people, um, I, I'd, I'd pretty much rather to do that. or at the same token, I do a lot of classes. We do different things, uh, intimate dinners, supper clubs type things that, yeah. that, that is, you know, a little bit further into not just doing private chef things. I'm the same way. I love doing, I love the restaurant business. I love getting that butt kicking every <laughs> night, but I also, I, I think I like more cooking one incredible dinner for everybody, like a family style or just like really focus all day on one dinner to where I know it's going to be perfect you know, as opposed to pumping out foods. And I know it's great, but it, it's way more intimate and you can really, especially if you're, if you're in the kitchen serving it in front of that, you know, you're with them. It's, this is a great feeling. So yeah, like the, yeah, and just, go ahead. And just like being in a restaurant, you have the backgrounds where I've traveled and I have different backgrounds. So I'm in uh, Maui, Martha's Vineyard, San Diego, <laughs> LA, and you know, different backgrounds that you have. You're, you're, I'm going to sure, you know, seafood that's right and caught from that day i have uh, i have fishermen who who caught you know florida stone crabs and they're calling me i have uh, they caught some fresh halibut or swordfish or over some um some fresh snapper 
that so they're cool. calling me and I'm, I'm, I'm getting that and then being able to serve it the same day I was caught, which that's kind of a cool thing is, you know, you're not having to procure and look and find, I'm going out working with, with even farmers in the Hudson Valley to, to find different flavors and unique things, especially fall is my favorite, my favorite oh, things of all time. right now are probably ridiculous up there. Absolutely. Apples, pumpkins, you name it, apple cider donuts. <laughs> Yum. So the personal chef gig has definitely worked for you because I follow you on social media and I'm watching you literally travel on private jets, going to this mansion, doing this, doing that. I mean, you're all over the place. It's great. So it's working well. It is. And, you know, as, as I, as I really preach, everyone needs to better themselves. So dining and really appreciating someone else's food and, you know, traveling the world. Like when we went with Morocco for three weeks, I was working in a restaurant, someone in someone's home and working cuisines and just got back from Montreal. Like always just trying to, you know, better yourself through flavors and unique cooking tech techniques. That, that's kind of fun and cool. Absolutely. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're a foodie and you're listening to this, you have to follow Jason on social media because it's literally a foodie adventure. Now, I got a quick, we got to tell the quick story about how you got hacked, though, man. So he had awesome social media, like I was telling you about. And it's literally, if you just go back on the timeline, it's like you're going on this amazing travels and you're doing it right. You know, like when I travel for this show, I try to find like, what do they eat in this region? Why? What's the history behind it? And you deep dive into that kind of thing, which I love. But your thing got hacked, and now it's in a different language. <laughs> like, you can't even get back in, can you? <laughs> well, as you said, it's like, you know, I, for 11 years, it was me going out to dinner and just me writing a history about why this restaurant's successful, why is it here, why to start, what's, what are they known for? And I would travel to these cities and really seek out these places and, and bring an audience with me. And I, I, didn't, I haven't gotten paid for anything I have done. It's been really just me going out and, and enjoying the, the part of enjoyment. Yeah, you and can tell you're doing it out years, of love of you, you. I can tell you're doing it out of love of doing it. You're not doing it for any financial reasons. You, you'd make great money. But this yeah. journey has been like, hey, come with me. Like, you should be like on, you, they should do like a Food Network show about you. I would love that. But what it is, it's just, it's just a timeline of, of travels I've done. And, you know, more than a month and a half ago, I, I had no control of my social media. My name was still there, Chef Jason Shutterfield, Colin Catalyst, and I couldn't even post anything. And after endless amounts of tries with Facebook, uh, everything, I got roadblocked. No one would, would help. Uh, I got locked out completely where I couldn't see my page anymore. And it, they changed the name into some Spanish and other posting recipes in Spanish. And, you know, I have, I have 5,000 followers and now I'm starting from fresh, uh, which, again, it's not a bad thing, but all of the things that I've documented, places that aren't even there anymore in Morocco where I was traveling or over, over in, in different places that even in Maui where I had been um, aren't there anymore because of fires or, or things that are happening. Uh, you know, so anyone who can help <laughs> rehack my account, uh, but unfortunately, if, if I was to flag it, uh, Facebook would just shut it all down. It's still there. So I hope I have hopes that I will uh, Hopefully you can get, get your it back one day because it was such a great journey. But either way, you're, you're already starting it. I can already see that you've been on a just in the last couple of months. You did a bunch of stuff about the apples. You did. You were just in Quebec. I saw a bunch of cool things. So you're already building yeah. new content. You know, you're never going to stop doing that. But I do hope you get your stuff back. So if any of our listeners out there are computer savvy to where they think they can help us out message me, I'll get you in touch with him. And uh, I'd love to get his stuff back. So what how do they find you now? 
The culinary catalyst? So Chef Jason Shinfield, the culinary catalyst. Um, I'm also doing Your Social Kitchen uh, with another chef, and we do a lot of different supper clubs and teachings and so on. So really just you know trying to branch out into other things with uh, the, the classes, supper clubs, the teachings, uh, consulting, and you know trying to just get a, a really fresh social media to just come exposure. That's great. That's great. Keep it up, brother. So I'm going to ask you some questions. First off, what's next? Where, where do you go from here, man? I feel like you've already conquered every aspect of this business. What do you, what's your plan? Well, up here, there's houses and buildings that are just in 1800s, kind of just looking at old churches and kind of taking those kind of things and kind of look into, you know, more teachings, more, supper clubs, just intimate settings. And, you know, again, I still to go to, keep going to people's homes and then have something set up where it's just an intimate venue that you obviously can get, you know, creative chefs to be a part of your dinner experience and your dining experience. Uh, but really, you know, I really enjoy learning continuously working with chefs who are creative and just, you know, being mentors for people who have, who have, you know, took my wing or taught back in the day. So you, where you are right now is great because you can get to the New York City pretty quick and Hudson Valley's got its own craziness of, of culinary scene going on. So you're in a great location and you're, I see you traveling all the time. I hope you come back to Orlando soon. No, uh, once I get that date, I'll text you uh, when me and AJ are going to do that dinner because I'm really excited about it. That guy's super talented. So what's your what's your favorite thing to cook? Like like what you've I, I've seen your repertoire. You can cook anything. What's, what's your favorite thing to cook? What do you what do you really, really love? You know, I mean, we all love fine dining to be treated, uh, but having four to five hours of sitting in a chair and having course after course, I don't I don't really say I, I, I appreciate that. So going to Alinea and in other other places I'll list later. Um, those are great. But you know, for me, I love red meat. I love fresh seafood. Uh, so, you know, I love to cook like a Peter Luger style porterhouse steak. Nice. The dry age, just high heat, 800, 900 degrees, mm. just, you know, still bubbling a little bit of butter and seasoning flavor. And, you know, I, that's my death row meal right there I mean, all day long. I, I'm drooling thinking about it. You're, and you're not even far. You could probably, you could probably be at Peter Luger's in an hour or two. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I, that I place tried is to, so um, good. I reviewed it on my last show. Marie and I went there and it was just so. It's one of the best steaks I've ever had. And I had a burger there. I went back and had a burger, and it was one of the best burgers I've ever had. I love that old yeah. school atmosphere. And, it, you know, you've been around that long. You're getting Michelin stars as a steakhouse like that. You've been around that long because it's so good. Right. And, you know, I've been to some of the best steakhouses, Keens, DeMonico's, Poor Charles, Prime Rib, uh, you know, Burns in Tampa. Burns is my uh, favorite. Charlie Farmer's, yeah, Charlie Farmer's Steak. Um, even Dickie Brennan's over in New Orleans. But, uh, you know, I, I do love Peter Luger. I do. I just, I just, it's all about their focus on the steak. They're not really focused on the atmosphere or this and that. It's kind of, you know, right. take it or leave it kind of experience. And it, it works. Next time you're down, if we have time, let's do a Burns night, man. Cause I, I, I'm yet to review, I'm yet to review Burns on this show. And it's my favorite restaurant around here. It's just, I love the, the wine atmosphere, the giant wine collection they have and the dessert room. I just love that whole atmosphere where they let you walk through the kitchen and stuff. So, yeah, if we have time, let's do a Burns night, man. I am due. Yeah, and then I know we talked about what, what got me into food, but, you know, being in Tampa, that area growing up, um, 
Burn Laxer was the owner and I remember going and him taking me and showing me they had a garden in the back They had their own type of fish tanks in the back of the kitchen and their wine room was just so incredible. Uh, and then of course the dessert room just, oh you know, again, being 13, 14 and being like, this is what I want to do. I want, I want to do this. And then people come all over the world and taste food that I've, I've made and drink wine that I've stored and, and, and kind of collected that's kind of you know near and dear to my heart so burns yeah we definitely yeah, see what a burns, cool experience burns for that trip. age you know burn, if, you're, if you're not from you know if you're coming to travel to orlando i would take the drive to tampa make a reservation at burns what's cool is they have the second largest wine collection in the united states and it kind of goes down underground and you walk through it's some of the bottles got inches of dust on them because they've been there for so long some of them are in a locked up room and they're like hey if you drink those bottles it's extinct you know and uh the wine room or the dessert room is just incredible it's made of these giant redwoods that they took the wood and they made these giant wine barrels and you and your friends get into wine barrels and it's just so cool so yeah let's definitely do that because now my mouth is watering so i need that burns in my life <laughs> so what's your favorite place in orlando specifically where do you go when you uh, eat here? What's, what's your go-to you can give me a couple if you want so Always Kabuki Sushi with Henry, uh, Victor and Albert, uh, any Domu Dynasty with Sunny. Um, I do love going to uh, Bruno's Place. Uh, that's Before always I a great place to hit. I got I to gotta hit that place. It's a, it's, a, it's a great place. But really, so many cool things opening up. Uh, I know I'm just so have you really done, uh, so Soseki, have, you done have you done Michael Clantus's place, Soseki, yet? They got the Michelin Yeah, time. I've done Soseki. So good, I've done man. that. I'm proud so of proud him. Of him. Even way back when he did Taglish, so you know, being Filipino, um, you know, getting the, the, that mixed together with food, and I love Philippine cuisine and just really any culture cuisine. Like so, Orlando is really the food scene for that is just taking off. So I can appreciate that. It really is. I had Michael on the show um, earlier, and uh, and he he you know he's just got a great personality. I love that guy. He eats at my restaurant a couple times a week with his family, and that's an honor for me when you got these Michelin star chefs coming in and they're eating at my place. And I was like, all right, I'm doing something right here. But yeah, and you do. Your food is great. Thank you very much. Um, what's your favorite restaurant like worldwide, though? I have so many. So Mexico City, um, Pajul, um, Enrique Olivia, um, he has like Cosme in New York, which does uh, incredible duck carnitas. Okay. They will, you know, they'll salt, they'll salt age their their duck. They'll then braise it in the eight or four days. They'll braise it in uh, sweetened condensed milk. Uh, evaporated milk, Mexican Coca Cola, and a lot of different spices, and then they bring it to the table, and it's just you know wrapping it in some tortillas, some freshly made tortillas. It's, it's incredible. Uh, I do love Montreal. Uh, we just got back from there, so Joe Beef there, um, uh, Martin Picard's um, OP de Cochon. They do foie gras poutine. They do uh, foie gras duck in a can, and I'm going to wow. post that pretty soon. Alinea for Chicago, Laverne Den, New York great. City. Um, you know, over in Paris is Bruno Virgil's uh, Table by Bruno. Uh, it's incredible. That dessert they have is like a dessert with a tart, the chocolate capers and caviar. That flavors come together. Just those and those flavors, you can't imagine them coming together well, but they do. Oh, wow. so I mean, just a few things. So and I love many. to travel. So I love the linea. I loved. I went to next. I went to next the first time. I had, uh, Maria got me the chef's table at next for my birthday. The two days later, while we were at Next, we couldn't get into Alinea. They were totally booked. And I made friends with the chef at Next. And I was like, come on, man, hook it up. And he called us late that night. He goes, I got you a table 
tomorrow. <laughs> so we did them back to back. It was like pit hog festival. But um, have you ever, you know, what's a great place that I loved? Have you ever heard of the Willows Inn off of? It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, bro. Blaine Wetzel. Um, man, we had an incredible weekend there, man. It's it's in, off the coast of Washington State, and it's this little island. Holy crap. It was so good. The Willows Inn, if you guys aren't, if you ever go back to the old show, Denny Marie at the World, you'll hear the episodes about the willows it was such if you're a foodie I, it wasn't crazy expensive you spend the night there you eat you, they make you breakfast lunch and dinner it was really really something else so yeah it's awesome what else um well, i guess we're going to get ready to wrap it up man anything else you want to add you got anything coming up that um that you know people want to con- say somebody wants to hire you to be their personal chef we got some big baller listeners of this show you want to hire you how do they go about that would they message you on social media or yeah, message me social media. Um, we, you know, I have all my contact information there. I just have, you know, portfolio things I've done and, and, and beautiful pictures of my food. And, you know, from infant dinner for two to, you know, dinner for 12, even more, you know, making sure that it's set right. Uh, you know, consulting is important too. And then even the teaching classes are just a cool thing to, you know, give back. And, and I learned uh, early on that it's important to do that. You know, that you, you said the consulting thing, and a lot of chefs, they say, oh, I'm a consultant, this and that. A lot of chefs that say that are just out-of-work chefs. If you're in this business and your restaurant is, you know, you never know. You can always be better. I highly, highly recommend hiring this guy to come in and, and take a look around because I've already asked you a couple times as just by being friends. Hey, next time you're in town, I want you to come, have dinner, spend some time at the restaurant, and then give me your feedback because I'll listen and take it you know, to heart. So I highly recommend if you do want to better your restaurant, this is, this is the kind of guy to bring in because he knows his shit, his reputation and his resume speaks for itself. So I want to thank you, bro. I mean, I really look forward to seeing you again, man. I miss you. And I can't wait for you to come down. Um, like I said, as soon as I get the date for AJ and I's dinner, I will let you know. And hopefully you can plan your trip around it. Cause I would, we'd be honored to have you there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I definitely can't wait for that. And I'm, I look forward to seeing you again soon. All right, my brother. Thank you so much. Foodies, we will see you next time. If you liked what you heard today, please like, comment, and subscribe for more. And go follow our Facebook page where you can see all the photos from our episodes.